and it feels like Welcome to the CC Podcast, where we deliver authentic, inspiring, and below-the-surface conversations with people striving to walk with God each day. Hello, everybody. This is Matt Reister with the CC Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I've got a couple of young ladies here, and we're excited to hear what they have to say about a bunch of different things. We are going to be talking about contentment, discontentment, unmet expectations, and honestly, every single one of us can relate to that in some way, shape, or form. So we're going to talk specifically about a couple different things that these gals have walked through, but I think it's going to be applicable to anybody who has faced those things, which all of us have. So let's just jump right in, and and, uh, Christine, let me have you introduce yourself. Just give a quick bio, where you're from, how'd you get here, what are you doing? Okay, my name is Christina. I've been working at Nazareth Lutheran Church for, I think, 11 and a half years in high school ministry. Um, graduated high school from Nashville Plainfields, not super far from Cedar Falls. Um, yeah, I just ended up in the area after college looking for ministry work, got plugged into NAS, and I've never left. That's Woo. me. What's your claim to fame today? My claim to fame today? Oh, gosh, I don't know. What, what are you here for? What are we going to talk about? Oh, the podcast. I just thought you meant in life in general. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't know I had a claim I, to fame. <laughs> I don't think I have one. Well, I'm currently single, and that's been good and hard in my life. So yep. that's a big part of unmet expectations that I'm going to be talking about today. Great. I appreciate you being bold enough to come in and share that. So thank you. Oh, thanks, Matt. Kimbo. Uh, I'm Kim Albertson, also known as Kimbo. Uh I've worked at Nazareth Church for 15 years in children's ministry. Woohoo! I know, right? They haven't got rid of me yet. Uh, I grew up in Cedar Falls since fourth grade, and uh, a lot of my early life was around basketball and sports. Played at UNI, played at UMKC. UMKC. Played at UNI. Blew your knee out a few times. Yeah, well, I blew it out once. Three surgeries later, they still couldn't fix it, so... Talk about unmet expectations. I know, I I got a few of them, so... Great. And Kimbo, you uh, were, you're obviously good friends with Christina. I am. And we're besties, Matt. That's right, besties. <laughs> and, uh, and you also were single, kind of bearing the same burden that Christina is. Yep. And so you're kind of partners in uh, crime, crime yes. together in that way. And then recently you got married. We're going to hear more of that story in a little bit. Um, but thank you for being here too. No and, problem. Uh, th- these gals are just... Um, authentic. They're going to just shoot straight with us. I don't know if we're going to have any tears today or not, but if it happens, that's cool. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> and uh, it'll be good. Let's let's just start, um, like, how did you come to know Christ? I mean, because obviously the thing, mm-hmm. more than anything, that sustains you through the hardship of these mm-hmm. challenges you face has been your relationship with Christ. So just, Kimball, let's start with you, like your testimony. Um. My, we, I remember going to church as a kid and then we moved and we stopped going. And I remember specifically going back to church with a friend for youth group. Um, and that kind of got my family going back into church when we moved to Cedar Falls. Then my parents were like, no, this is a priority. We need to keep doing it. So I just remember kind of going to church and like learning, constantly learning things that I hadn't learned younger. Um, and then I had, um, a good handful of pivotal friends um, through basketball. We would do Bible studies and that. So that just really um, 
gave me a good foundation of friendship, but then also like we tried to like what we did, like we kept Christ at the center of it. So that just kind of, I was blessed in a way to grow up where we tried to live and like what we learned, we tried to live out in our life and in our friendships. So I just, I think a lot of it was through my friends and then, um, at the end of college and especially my freshman year being away from home, like I really had to make it my own and it was a priority for me. And some of that coming back to you and I was like, it wasn't, it couldn't be a priority there. And that was one of the reasons I struggled with it. So awesome. And now you have the privilege of helping uh, little kids. Yeah. Start their relationship with Christ. Yeah. And that's good. Start planting those seeds. Mm-hmm. Christina. Um, Similar to Kim, I'd say a big, reason why faith is a part of my life is because it's important to my parents. So that was definitely how they raised my sisters and I, is to know Jesus. And we were really involved in church stuff growing up, ministry opportunities. My parents served a lot. Um, So we had a really strong church community, church family growing up. Um, Then I would say high school would be a time of, as you're just gaining independence and figuring yourself out, that also was a time of owning my faith more and deciding that that was something I wanted to pursue and be a part of my life. And again, my parents and other adults in my life, I think were a big part of that, of just talking through lots of things, life issues, faith issues with me. And um, yeah, high school is definitely a time of owning that more. And then I would say college really too, when you're just, you know, full-blown independence, you have to really make that decision for yourself as to whether that's going to be a part of your life or not. And I did, I wanted that to be a part of my life. And led me to Northwestern College up in St. Paul and I'm being a ministry major and college just was a really a time of learning and growing and yeah, really owning my faith even more. Awesome. Great. So thanks for the introductions. And uh, Christina, tell me about like, as you were a young girl, Mm -hmm. I've got a 12 year old daughter, a nine year old daughter and a six year old daughter. Yep. And they dress up, you know, like a bride, and they'd play Ken like and Barbie. Like Elsa. Yeah, and Ken and Barbie. And, and there's always, uh, you know, eventually there's a wedding or yep. something like this. And so I'm sure you were like. Oh, yeah, I had many Barbie weddings. Like those girls. And um, so, I mean, not even when you were a, a little girl, but a high school student, a college student, out of college. Like, what, can you paint a picture of what your expectations have been? I can do that. So the first thing that came to mind was when I turned 16, um, one of my really close friends all growing up, her name was Kayla. We did like a fun weekend mother-daughter trip. You know, we're both turning 16 with our moms, or obviously not with our moms, but moms took us to a, I don't know where we went actually. Anyway, fun trip, we're turning 16. And I remember my friend's mom did kind of a devotional with us, and she was talked to us about dating, and she said like encouraged us to take dating seriously and that like in dating guys we if our faith was important to us then we would want to date a guy whose faith was important to him it's good um it's great it's great but i remember in my mind being like i don't i mean that just seems to like really narrow the pool of guys and like i did not like that line of thinking and like pushed back against that of you know well but what if you meet a guy and then you fall in love and then you find out he's not a christian and i think my friend's mom just had to be laughing at me but gave some you know wise words to just um think through that and it was just so at 16 i got you know the message from a woman i really you know who's a mother figure to me 
to like the encouragement to take dating very seriously, mm-hmm. even that at that age. And so I think that, you know, reframed like my thinking on dating. So that a young age, I think, I mean, I decided to take it seriously that you actually can as a teenager start thinking about marriage mm-hmm. and dating. Um, so that was, yeah, that was really impactful to me as a 16 year old. You think before that, and maybe you can't remember this, but before that, before that, what did you think dating was going to be? I think I just probably had this impression that, again, probably from like, I don't know, TV shows and movies that, I mean, everybody just does lots of dating and you're a teenager, you have a boyfriend. Um, I don't know, probably the thought that you're supposed to have lots of different boyfriends. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty normal. Pretty normal. And then just that encouragement to like, no, you can be young and you can be, you know, thinking about dating with marriage in mind, even as a teenager, just was a shift. Yeah. And I think, yeah, just started changing the way I thought about dating. That's good. I I do not want my kids to date the way I dated. Let me be clear about that. Um, <laughs> do and, tell some stories, Matt. Yeah, that'll be another podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, and and one of the things that I, I want them and, and other people uh, who I care about who are at that age is, yeah, that's great advice that you're your friend's mom gave like take this seriously this Mm -hmm. don't mess around it's not worth the emotional cost it's not worth the financial cost it's not worth all the drama Mm -hmm. uh and so anyway that's good stuff yep kimbo what was your expectation and we'll come back to christina this is gonna be back and forth no that's okay um my expectation i don't know if i had many expectations to be honest Mm -hmm. um I always knew I, well, in my head, I was always going to get married and eventually have kids. Um, I laugh because um, my good friend Becky, like I remember, I think I was in college or towards the end of college. I remember specifically, and we've talked about like, I specifically said, you don't have to start praying for my husband yet. Like, I'm not ready to get married. Don't You don't have to worry about that for me. Because some of my friends were like, oh, pray for my future husband. I'm like, I wasn't, like, I knew mm-hmm. I wouldn't get married right away. But then I remember coming back around and being like, okay, you can start praying for my husband now. She's like, I already started. Like, <laughs> How many years later did you come back around like, okay, I'm ready now? <laughs> I don't even know, like, the time frame. I just know there was a part of me that I was okay being independent, like mm-hmm. part of who I am, I like to go do things. And I was like, I don't want to be tied down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had that desire to have a spouse and have a husband. Mm-hmm. But I just, there was a time in my early 20s that I was like, I don't want to get married yet. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have, I don't have to deal with what it takes to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of compromise, a lot of give and take, a lot of Mm -hmm. self-sacrifice you do in some of those areas. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I just, yeah. I thought you were supposed to get engaged in college. Um, You're being serious? Oh, yeah. Like if you leave college and you're not engaged, something went wrong. Yes. I think there is a a perception of that out there to girls. I went into college thinking you meet your spouse in college. Yes. Get engaged like right before senior year and then you get married right out of college. That's what I, as you start your job, you start your life together. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a lot of like our story follows that pattern. I mean, it wasn't because that's what we thought we were trying to fit, but that, that happens a lot. And so it's easy to understand why you would think that. So we've got a little bit now, 
Christina Kimbo's kind of explaining something where she's like, I'm early twenties. Like mm-hmm. you don't even need to start praying for my spouse. That was over by like 23. I just want to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> Give me two years in ministry. Then I was like, okay, I want a husband. I want out. <laughs> so is your story similar to that? Or were you kind of from 16 on, you're kind of looking around like, let's get this going. Um, that's a good question. Dating wasn't super important to me in high school, other than I think I remember a moment as a senior of like all my close friends had boyfriends. And then it was like this realization of like, oh, I'm not dating anybody. But that really wasn't real important to me in high school. There were, I don't remember being interested in a lot of guys per se. Um, but I think because dating wasn't a big part of my life in high school, I thought then this is going to happen in college. Like right. I've made good choices in high school, good decisions in regards to dating. So like, here comes college, going to meet a great guy. Um, you went to a Christian college, right? I ended up there. I transferred around a little bit, okay. um, but I did. And I, so I transferred to Northwestern as a sophomore and I totally thought like, yes, Christian college, like you find the right guy. I mean, how could you not? <clears throat> I mean, I just probably thought immediately day one or something, you're just Prince Charming's going right to run into someone. I mean, I probably had friends and family saying that to me. Um, so time goes on. Now you're getting out of college and the whole deal, a bunch of people have gone through the typical mm-hmm. uh, deal of yep. start dating in college, get engaged your senior year, get married, leave yep. in college and go start your life just like you described. Yep. And and you're not part of that. Nope. Well, I'm a bridesmaid. Matt. Don't forget that. I'm the bridesmaid. <laughs> bridesmaid, personal attendant. Usher, bridesmaid. Done it all. Yep. Guest and, book attendant. And so <laughs> at what point in that journey does this start to become a concern? Or was mm-hmm. it always a concern? Or does it start to just ratchet up the it's like the stress? Yes. It's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Describe it for us. Uh, one day I feel like, oh, I'm good with being single. I can do this. The next day, I'm alone. Am I always going to be alone? Who's going to take care of me in the nursing home? I did. There was days like... Do you you, think about the nursing home? Oh, I did. There was times when like in my darkest, we would call it the depths of despair. Yes. Sometimes we go down to the depths of despair. The depths of despair, we called it. And it was like, am I going to die alone? Like, who's going to visit me? Like, there was times where you just, you felt so isolated. And Mm -hmm. it's not because your friends mean to do it, but... Life goes on. Right. They, you know, I have a lot of friends. They got four or five, six kids. Yep. And here I am. I don't even have a kid yet. I don't have a husband yet. Mm-hmm. And you I don't feel real behind. I don't get times. invited to the kids' birthday parties anymore. So I like you. It's not like they meant to, mm-hmm. but you almost feel like you get more pushed aside. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a spouse. So you can't do the double date, triple date, whatever. You're like the fifth, seventh ninth wheel mm-hmm. and sometimes they think of it sometimes they don't like there's times and there's times where you're completely like oh i don't want to do that or like yeah i don't care if i'm the yeah. odd man out but then there's other times you're like i just feel like i'm missing out mm-hmm. and then other times i'm like this is great i'm not tied down i can go on 20 some caravans and i can go on this mission trip and i can do this and mm-hmm. i like have my freedom to do whatever i want when i want and then there's times where you're like I would do anything to be where my friends were at, Mm -hmm. you know, and I had some real conversations with some people and it was almost like they were like, the grass isn't always greener on the other side Mm -hmm. because part of them wanted to be where I was at. Wanted our freedom and our freedom and independence. You mean they were married and they wanted out? They were married and kids. They didn't want out, but they're like, what I wouldn't do just to be able to like 
no responsibility for a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. not that they wanted to trade places, but they were like, and I think part and of we that. We still have responsibility. Yes. It looks, a little it looks different. But I think for them. <laughs> just to clarify. Just for them to have a week of not making sure kids were doing this or a spouse or they didn't have to answer to somebody but yep. themselves. Yep. They didn't really want to trade, but they're, I think when they say that they're also trying to like make you feel better. But it's kind of the opposite but effect. Completely opposite effect. It's yeah. like, no, actually like you feel a little bit more minimized in your struggle. Yeah. than yes. Encouraged. This is so right now I'm thinking that there's someone listening to this podcast and I can name, I mean, I could name five or seven names right now. I won't of people who they're here and, and what you've just said is connecting. Okay. Like they're tuned in. Mm -hmm. Christina, give, give your aspect to what she was just saying. (laughs) I was thinking more of like, I don't know. I feel like for me, it was maybe like in my twenties, every couple years, it would just hit me hard of like kind of the unmet desires and unfulfilled dreams of, and that's what I thought of as the roller coaster of like summer before senior year of college. I remember just in a very short period of time, a number of close friends got engaged. And then one day just hit me of like, oh my gosh, like that's not my life. Like mm. I'm not, I mean, I was single. So I was like, I'm not getting engaged anytime soon. I'm not getting married anytime soon. And it was just, I think there's just been moments of just that unfulfilled dreams, desires just hit hits you. And I think for me, part of my struggle is when my path just starts looking so differently than my peers, that's what can feel lonely and isolating at times. And so it's just this, you know, kind of roller coaster of like in your 20s, if you have a number of close people, friends getting engaged and married, you're so excited for them and you celebrate that with them. And you're also very aware that that is not what your life looks like and maybe not anytime soon what your life is going to look like. And that can just be really discouraging and challenged when when that's like what you want your, for your future, when that is a dream and desire. And when you're watching that happen for other people and you're just not understanding why it's not happening for you. I mean, I think for me, there's times when, there's times when I've been very satisfied in my singleness. I mean, Kim and I have been like, I mean, we're thankful for each other. We were yep. at NAS, you know, early on in our 20s and... I can see the incredible opportunities we've had because of our singleness. I mean, the number of youth trips we have done, I feel like we've taken advantage of our independence and freedom to, to say yes to a lot of opportunities because it's really easy for me to find angle my life that way. You know, the junior high trip needs a couple extra leaders, super last minute. That's an easy thing I can say yes to. And I don't have to do tons of work to figure that out in my life. So it's like, I can look back and see, I've just been able to say yes to so many opportunities. But then within that, there have been these low times. Oh, another year or two goes by. And man, I'm just still not dating much, meeting a lot of guys, still not feeling any closer, like getting engaged and married, which is a big dream of mine to be married, to be a mom. And so there are just these low moments when you're feeling lonely and you're feeling maybe isolated because you're not feeling totally included in your peer group anymore. I think we've talked about that more as we've hit our 30s of like these moments of like that hitting you even harder where you're like, whoa, yes, now my friend is 10 year old and four kids and our lives look so different. And it's just easy to do comparisons. It's easy to just really get caught in your insecurities and question yourself and really question God big time then and all of that. So 
it really is a roller coaster of like some real high moments of being super content and seeing like great purpose to your singleness. I think ministry has helped that. Like I've said, just the opportunities, the way we've been able to live our lives have been really good. Yeah. But just when underneath that all, you just still have this dream for your life and you feel like you're not, it's just not happening. It's not getting closer to happening. You're not feeling encouraged in it. Then there are just some really low, hard moments that are hard to navigate. That is, I, I just appreciate your authenticity. Mm-hmm. That, that is so good. Um, and I'm going to break right now and just promote a, a website. If anyone is hearing this, and it doesn't have to just be singleness. Uh, all of us deal with lack of contentment or unmet uh, expectations. The website is issuesiface.com. And if you go to issuesiface.com, it profiles about 50 or 60 different issues from loneliness to singleness, to addiction, to divorce, to cancer, a bunch of different things. And um, the thing that's cool about this website is it gives people who read those articles the chance to connect anonymously with an online mentor. And so some of this stuff, like I, I'm, I respect the heck out of Kim and Christina for coming in here and just kind of talking about this. Some people don't want to put their name or their face to this because we didn't. <laughs> yeah, I kind of twisted your arm uh, it, because they they just don't want to do that. But this is a place where people who are volunteer mentors, Christians, will uh, listen to you, they'll pray for you, and they will encourage you. And if that's something that you think would be helpful for wherever you're at, go to issuesiface.com and check that out. Okay, so let's come back to the conversation. Okay. Uh, you two have had, and you mentioned this, you, you two have had the blessing of each other. Yes. Um, and I can think of some other people in a similar boat who are kind of flying solo without a real tight relationship mm-hmm. with somebody else who's in the same boat. Yep. Talk about how that was helpful just between the two of you. And maybe we'll get into this or maybe we won't, but and how that changed or didn't change when Kim eventually got married, what, two years ago? A year and a half. year and a half. Well, there were many other people that are like close go-to people that have like cheered cheered us on and supported us along the way. I think what Kim and I have found so valuable with each other is that we just really understand where the other person is coming from. And so I think sometimes that, struggle within singleness can be unique because somebody that got married at 22 right out of college um not that they can't have empathy and compassion but yeah they don't they don't totally get where you're coming from and so I think the two of us we just became each other's safe place to like say absolutely anything I'm feeling I mean about anything in life but in particular with when it came to singleness when we would have moments of like I am just really struggling with this. I feel really low, really not hopeful or whatever it was that just, we just knew we could understand each other. We knew, we knew where the person was coming from. And I think for me, when I'm really struggling, I've always found that to be so comforting for someone to just really empathize with you. Just be like, I get it. I get it. It is so hard. Um, and just be able to sit with you in that moment. Um, and you don't have to like know everything the person is going through to do that, but we have found that super valuable, super helpful. What's your take on that, Kim? Um, having each other, um, I think when you're in those lows, especially, mm-hmm. was so key. And like Christina said, like when you can just sit there, you don't have to say the right thing. Um, we love all our friends and family dearly, but we've had some things said to us that people didn't realize were hurtful. Yep. 
And for us to like be able to like, oh my gosh, this is what they said. And we were like, oh, no, like almost like the <laughs> gasp of like, no, I'm so sorry. Just because we knew like in our heart, like that's not where we want to be. That's not our desire. We want to not be single. Um, and I remember like as I met Brett and that got more serious, like I almost felt like I was betraying Tina, like leaving the singlehood. Like I know I wasn't, but like part of me, like I had this new identity once I got had Brett and got married that I was like, I remember one time I was like, I'm not part of that group anymore. Like it was because yeah. that was me for so long. And like I like marriage done in a God-honoring way is so fulfilling and so amazing. Mm -hmm. And I know how much you want that. And I can't wait for you to have that. So like for me, like uh, my heart like still breaks with you when you Mm -hmm. have your lows and when you're content, like I'm like, great, where I'm going to, we're going to embrace it together. Like I love that. Like, yes, I'm on the other side of the coin, but I love that you still let me come in and still, like be there for you and like cheer you on and encourage you. And then when we just need to like hate the world, we hate the world for a few (laughs) moments, but we don't stay there. We just go to the depths for a little bit and then we can come out. But because it is also a very vulnerable thing, I think for both of us to, to admit when it is just like so hard and overbearing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, again, we've just, we were each other's safe space of like letting each other in to maybe how low we were feeling or how scary the fears were getting. Um, So I think that's a part of it too, of just for whatever that thing is in your life that feels like really vulnerable and hard to talk about. And maybe there is just that one person you can be most honest with. And that was what Kimbo and I were for each other. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Can I Uh, say one more thing? Yeah, you bet. And I would even say like, you've let me, even now that I'm married, like you're still that person. Mm -hmm. Like you're still that friend. Like when I need to have the honest conversation, Like, and you are like, no, I want to hear about this. Don't not tell me because. I want to hear how awesome marriage is. Yes. And so like, I. I'm waiting for something good. Yes. Like I remember, I don't even remember how long we'd been married and I said something. I'm like, I'm sorry. And you're like, no, like I want to know the good and the bad. Like I don't want our friendship to change because of this. So I appreciated that. Like, even if I knew it might be hard for you to hear, you still wanted to hear it. Mm -hmm. And you still, I don't know. I just think. I just know one of my biggest blessings in life has been your our friendship. So awesome. Same here. Do we need to pause and have a hug? No. Mm-mm. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> good stuff. I just love her so much. <laughs> that's good stuff. Um, so I want to talk about two different things, and I'm going to mention them now, and then we'll get to them. However, we get to them. Um, first one is, why do you think so many people have such a hard time? and I don't want to profile this too much, but so many young women, especially for some reason, I'm sure there are single guys that, and that bothers them. Mm -hmm. I I know that's true, but it's like, I I feel like the women that I know who are in this spot, it just hits them harder Mm -hmm. than the guys that I know are in this spot. You want to come in on that? That wasn't actually what I was going to bring up, but I went there. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if I have like a gender specific answer. I just think when, I think we all have dreams for our lives. And I don't know if it's true that that's maybe for more women that marriage and, you know, family are part of it. But I just think the big picture is just when you have a dream for your life, a vision for your future, 
and it's not happening, mm-hmm. it does hit you really hard. So where I was going to go is, um, I mean, even talking to you guys, we've had a conversation like this around our dining room table. Yep. And this is really replicating it. Pretty, pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, this is very We just need your kids authentic. here, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, kids running around. <laughs> um, so, but but when we talked about coming on a podcast, and you were willing to do it, obviously, but you're mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know if I want to <laughs> have everyone hear my story. And I know of a lot of other people that are in mm-hmm. your spot who they're like, no way. I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of a stiff upper lip. I'm not yep. going to talk about it. I'm going to, you know, why is that, do you think? I just think it hits a, a real vulnerable spot. I don't know what that is, but to I, admit, I don't know. I don't know if we feel like we're not supposed to admit how much we want a spouse or a partner or kids or. I think sometimes like for me, like I didn't, by admitting that I didn't have it yet, part of me questioned what was wrong with me. Where are my insecurities? Where What's wrong with me? Yeah, yeah. what's wrong with me? Like. Because there's a saying, oh, if they're not, like, something's wrong. Like, if I'm thinking that about a guy, then they have every right to, like, well, if he's not married yet, what's wrong with them? Right. Like, well, dang it, if I think that of them, then they can think that of me. Right. And my answer is, I just. just hits too many insecurities It does. Like, then it just, like, you can go down this, like, trail. So then it's just better to put on this happy face of, like, life's good. I'm great. La, la, la. Like, because it's hard to go there and be honest Sometimes with just Christina, let alone let the world in. Yep. You know, and I just, I was thankful that I did. I had some women that are a few years older than me that they're just great. You know, like I'm a great family friend, like, Mm -hmm. but they, some of those families were so key in some of my low points because door was open. You could come out, like how your house is open. You can go stop by Reister's almost anytime you want. Anytime you want. You know, like I just, I had some of those families that. If I didn't want to sit at my house all by myself, I was just like, I know I can go over there and they don't care. Cool. You know, so there's just some of that. But I think to be honest about this is where I'm at. Yeah. It's hard because it could open so much. Well, and it's kind of a scary place to go to. I think God has a plan and purpose for your life. That was something I definitely heard a lot growing up. Like God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. When you do believe that, He's in control and in charge, and you believe in this idea of God's timing. I think then when you're also like really questioning that because it just feels like this is not adding up really well in my life. I mean, that's kind of a can of worms. That can be a scary thing to open up to admit that that's a part of the struggle. Um, Not that I'm like walking away from faith, but like I'm really not understanding what God is doing here. And it's a crisis of faith. Oh, I I thought I knew He was good and He loved me, but like. This doesn't feel good, and I think it was I'm a- low and discouraged, and where's God's love plan, timing, all of that that I've been told for years well, playing I, out in my 30s well, as a single and I, woman? Yeah, I mean, it was probably, I mean, I don't know if it was year seven or eight in ministry, and I was like, gosh, I'm still single. Like, I, I'm like, I remember having a conversation with God, like, God, I... I'm giving you everything. Mm. I do ministry. I do the work of the Lord in a church. Not like that's any more higher up than any other's job. But I was like, I sacrifice for you. I do all these trips. I am sharing your word with all these kids. And all I'm asking for <laughs> is a husband. It's so, been this like one yes. main thing I've prayed about yes. for a lot of years. And I just remember like, I remember like having this 
I mean, I would say argument, but it was all one-sided, so it's not an argument. Like, I remember (laughs) having this, what I thought was this heated discussion with God, and then having to come to terms, like, and here's the deal, like, I am blessed to get to do what I do, and I have thought that from day Mm -hmm. one, and I remember coming to terms of that conversation with him of, why would this life not be good enough? Yeah. Like, why... Like, and we've had that conversation since, but like what I, like what we get to do, what I got to do is so kingdom impactful. That so purposeful. Sh- yes. Yeah, so purposeful. That should be enough. Well, not just that, but I mean, Christ himself should be enough, right? Yes. I mean, yes. so we're born on a, on a straight line to hell because of the sin that we yes. have. And we were rescued, and we're going to have a place in eternity because Christ died and rose, and he gave us the eyes of faith that we could trust him. And so, yeah, I mean, Christ, we sing songs like that. Yes. Christ is enough. Yeah. But when you get down into it, it's I like, had, it was, okay, maybe yes. he's not enough. And that you got to face the music yes, on that absolutely. deal. I remember a season in ministry of of getting past those like first couple years, so you're no longer the newbie. You kind of feel like you know what you're doing. And I very much remember having a moment of just like, okay, God, you know I've thought I would be like married with kids at some point in my future. If not, I think that's okay. Like me and you, God, we can do this. Like you've given me this call and purpose in ministry. Like I very much remember a moment of just like, okay, God, let's do this. Like I'm single. You have set, I have this like path course before me of like high school ministry, like, Let's do this. And then some years pass, and all of a sudden, I'm not, not feeling as confident in yeah. that. It's really, really good stuff. And again, people who are hearing this, everyone can identify uh, a missed expectation yep. or a lack of content, whether it's a career thing or whether it's uh, a relational thing or a financial thing or a health thing, whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, the other thing I was going to bring up that I'm interested in your comments on, you, Kim, you mentioned um, friends, you know, saying, oh, I wish I could be free for a week or I wish I could not have any responsibilities for a week, kind of like trying to communicate to you. Enjoy tra- it while you can. And they're trying to they're trying to help. don't know how good you have it. Yeah. They're trying to make you feel better, yep. but it doesn't. What are some, and, and you guys have shared some of these with me, but mm-hmm. what are some of the worst things that people say? And and let, just the umbrella over all this is yep. if you're anybody that said this, you know. We love you still. <laughs> it's just, I, I mean, I, I guarantee I've said some of this stuff. And not just to people. In I could share some examples that you said to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, if you need to, go ahead. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> but, but what are some things that uh, are particularly kind of like, you have no idea what you just said? Yep. So there are things that, I just this scenario of like, whatever it is you're really struggling with, it feels really challenging. You're feeling really discouraged in it. I think when you take that step to be like vulnerable and honest and share that with someone, and then when the response is unintentionally very dismissive, oh, that's mm-hmm. hurtful. Mm-hmm. I, the first one that comes to mind is when you already said the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Yeah. Um, or I had one real dismissive. that was, well, it's better to be single than be divorced. And I was like, so my options are be single or I have to get married and get divorced right away? Mm-hmm. Like, what about that in between, like, work on our marriage? Like, marriage, Have a good marriage. Yeah, like, have a good marriage. Marriage might be hard. It might not be easy yep. every day. But, like, and that person, like, didn't mean it that way. Yep. But I was just like, so, and, like, in my head, I'm like, so I'm only worthy of being single or a divorce. Like, 
I was that one really caught me off guard yep. from that person. Yep. There's sometimes I think I may have said that you before. Oh. But I have I've said I've said something like that just because I've seen some really, really bad marriages. Yep. Right. And it's like you'd rather be yep. where you're at than in that. Yep. And and in, in saying that, I'm not saying there's only two options. Right. But I can see how it would be interpreted but, that way. Well, when and, someone's admitting a struggle, it's more about <clears throat> listening and empathizing more than just shooting them down of like, oh, you're thinking wrong. Right. <laughs> so and yeah. like or assuming they are having yeah. this super um I think as women sometimes when you admit how much maybe you want to be married, some people like assume it's because you want this fairy tale unrealistic thing and it's like not saying I have it all sorted out. I'm sure I still have a lot of incorrect expectations for marriage, but it's like, well, no, I want a partner. I want like day-to-day support and what so many other people get to experience within that, that, you know, sometimes people say things along those lines of that. Um, I don't know that yeah. you just have this, you want a fairy tale and it's like, no, 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 I don't want a fairy tale. I, just I want somebody want to go home to talk about my day with mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I think another one, too, that comes to mind is, again, it's like there's times when you just, I, I'm really struggling with being single or whatnot, and someone tells you, well, you just need to be content with where you are. That's a hard one. Um, and I think in, like, the church setting, the Christian realm, I think that can get said a lot to single people. Well, you just need to be content with where you're at. and Easy to say that. Easy to say, and yep, it's in the Bible, and... But that was, like, universal. Everyone, like, should strive towards contentment, not specifically single people. But I think that can get directed at single people a lot, which is just really unhelpful. Um, And the same people saying that are probably displaying lack of contentment in some area of their life. Yes, but we don't often say that to other people. (laughs) It's just a quick, easy thing to say to someone when they're single. Hey, well, you just need to be content with where you're at. Yep. And that just... For me, it often would just shut me down and be hurtful because it's just was so dismissive of this, like these like big hard feelings that I'm having. Or like, again, when you're feeling really low and discouraged, when you have fears, when you're like wrestling with insecurities and all of this, because dating's just confusing or whatnot for someone to just say that just can really shut you down when contentment nuts isn't really the struggle there always. That's good stuff. Okay, so... You're, you're in this deal, and obviously you've got your head up and your eyes open, and you're kind of scouring the landscape, <laughs> like, where is this guy at? And uh, you, like you said, uh, you've got pretty high standards. I mean, you want a Christian guy who takes God's word seriously, who walks with Christ. Mm-hmm. I think there's, I mean, as a percentage of our population, a pretty small percentage of people that are, not to discourage you. Uh, it's too late. It's, that are, <laughs> I've already that heard are, it. That are walking uh, this path. Um, but you're trying to give the Lord as many opportunities as possible to introduce you to this guy. Mm-hmm. So talk about um, just kind of some different things. Like as, uh, I'm thinking of online dating. We talked about, uh, you know, filling out some online dating profiles and just how that has been, you know, kind of an eye-opening, kind of mm-hmm. messy, discouraging process. Uh, is that how you met Brett? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it worked out for you. I've been... I've been around several couples that initially met online. I remember back like in the early 2000s, late 90s. When it started. When it started. And everyone's like, who would ever do that? And then. It's more common now. Oh, it's very, it's very common. And I've seen it actually work really, really well. 
yeah. for some people. I so, think you, I think you can work really, I was totally lucky with Brett. Um, and I only did online dating because I had two friends be like, Hey, we're going to pay for you to do this. And we're going to get you out there and yada. And I'm like, I did it to humor them. I was like, fine, we'll do this for three months. It's not going to work. And then I'll say, I told you so. And we'll just move on in my singleness. Like, <laughs> and it worked out with Brett and that was great. I've also done it in the past, had a relationship that failed mm-hmm. and like, and it was hurtful, very hurtful. Yeah. So like, and I've also went on numerous other dates throughout, like not online or through online dating. Okay. Like there was some other dates, some other co- like coffee dates, dinner dates, whatever. They just and, never panned out. Yeah. It didn't pan out. Like, I don't know. It's a way to meet people. Yes. But it can also be hard. It, it can be great, and it can be horrible all at the same time. So talk about horrible. <laughs> um, Lots to sort through. There's a lot to sort through. There's the expectation of um, what they think a first date would be versus what, in my world, isn't a Like first dudes date. are just trying to hook up and have sex. Yeah, dudes want to hook up. They want that. You're like, oh, I just said dinner. And they're hiding behind some profile that would lead you to believe that they're not like that. Yes. But then you find out that they are. Yes. I mean, you're going to have that, which gets hard because that also then puts the guys that are on there, like with good motives, like it just puts more of a guard up for the girls, I think. Because mm-hmm. you have to weed through that and some that takes a lot of energy, like emotionally. And, and I think different personality types use it different ways. I mean, I know friends and people that... Maybe they're not in a season of looking for a serious relationship, but they like just going on dates. And so they find it really fun to go on dates and go out to dinner and do different things. And so they love that online dating is an easy tool to use to meet people and get connected that way. That's never really where I've been at. And I don't love blind dates. And so online dating, I feel like I have those hesitations of like, man, just setting myself up for a lot of these blind date situations, which are are just hard to like. They can be awkward. Awkward sometimes. Um, you're just trying to get to know someone and figure out what you think of them. You know, just knowing nothing about them, looking at different profiles, and I'm a pretty judgmental personality, so it's easy for me to just go to that place and be real critical and judgmental. Um, or they don't look like what their profile pic is. They have six like, pictures and they look different in all of them. And so I'm like, well, what the heck do you actually look like? Because that's, I mean, that's basically what you have to go off on online. I mean, you can know a little bit about them, but a lot of it is looking at a picture. And do I think they're attractive or not? And to give it a shot, do they come across as like a normal person online? That's been a little bit of my gauge, but. It's hard. I mean, it can be a lot of time. I mean, you can easily spend a lot of hours a night just like looking at profiles or talking with people. So I think some of that depends on just your temperament and personality is how much you want to go for it or not, or how do you, how do you engage in this whole process online, offline, whatever I can imagine. Maybe you have stories about everyone in their mother probably has a grandson or a nephew or something. Oh, meet, you know, meet this Mm -hmm. guy. And it's like, and no. Um, So how do you navigate this whole process? The years kind of move along without lowering your standards. And have you ever questioned your standards? I mean, are you like, maybe maybe I am shooting too high. Absolutely. So talk about that. Um, well, again, I shared like at a very young age, 
like my friend's mom being like, you should date someone who's a Christian. And you're, you know, when you hear that for the first time, you're like, oh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's a good idea. But like I said, I had that initial reaction of like, oh, that kind of narrows the pool of things. I mean, you can feel that way as an adult of that alone um, can make it challenging to meet someone where you're just kind of in that same place spiritually. That can be hard to figure out with somebody. Um, So when you go to that place, how do you talk yourself back? You know what I mean? Like, cause you haven't, that a good question? you haven't compromised your standards. Nope. And so why not? Because I do know other people that are in marriages, relationships where faith is really important to both of them. And they just continue to encourage me and assure me that it, that, that is worth, worth it, worth not changing, not negotiating, um, I've seen, I've known people that have really struggled in their marriages and relationships. And I just think for myself personally, um, that's such a priority to me. I can't imagine not having that a part of a marriage. I mean, I've had plenty of time to like think through those things. Is that really that important to me? And I guess when I learn from other people's decisions in relationships, whether they choose for that to be important to them or not, I think I just continue to come out on the other side of like, yep. That is still important to me. That's still a priority. I think especially like working at a church and ministry, I just can't imagine someone not, I don't know, sharing that in some way. Um, mm-hmm. And because I've been single long enough as an adult that it's like, I can do this. So yeah, it's, I mean, why lower the standards at this point? Mm-hmm. That's good. I want to back up to, Bad online dates. Like, give, give me give me a bad online date story. And, or just and, bad dates. Or just bad dates. Um, like, who are these schmoes that are showing up on a first date thinking they're going to, like, oh, goodness. take you home? I mean, that is messed. It's not like you're on Tinder, right? No. No. Is this like FarmersOnly.com? Or? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm <Matt>. kidding. <laughs> what are the other ones? Match. Match. E-Harmony. 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 Um, Do you have a preference, like which one? Uh, when- I've done Match. I've done eHarmony. I had a friend say that she thought the ones that that you paid like for a monthly subscription were better. That they were more well, they're going to weed out some of that. Yeah. But I mean, it was worth like paying Match or eHarmony. So does anyone want to tell a story? Um. Well, I've had plenty of people try to set me up with someone that I'm like, I don't think we have absolutely anything in common. So I'm not sure why you think we would like each other and other than, yes, we're both single. We're both single and both about the same age. So get together with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. That it's just, that's not the most appealing of, like, I've yet to hear why you think we would enjoy each other's company. But, yep, we're both single. So I guess that's all you need. Kimbo, you're thinking over there. She has some. She just doesn't want to share them. No, I'm so mean. I'm not mean. I mean, yeah. Um, Just, it's just funny the expectation level of hey let's go do this like go bowling and then it was like clearly evident once we met to go bowling it's not what he wanted to go do (laughs) but i am like we're either gonna go dinner we're gonna go do something that we can talk i don't know that one i mean it was immediately downhill he showed up in sweatpants Ooh. So, and I, that's like an unmet expectation, like profile pic, you showed up in this. Um, yeah, you're immediately seeing the two don't match. Really. So how are you getting out of that situation? 
Um, I'm a nice person, so I endured the night. I should have just, like, got back in my car and left. Um, but I was at least, like, tolerable for the evening. Um, yeah, great. Thanks for a good time. Maybe I we'll talk again. I made him pay for it. I wasn't going to pay. <laughs> yeah. um, I've done that, too, when a waitress comes and she's like, together or separate, and he's not responding. And I'm like, I'm not responding. You're paying for this thing. Have so you ever just, said together, give him the bill? Or you just got to stay quiet? I just stayed quiet and hope, and he got the message. It was like, oh, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, there's it's hard ways. because, like, yeah, it's the 21st century. Not Women that a guy has to, pay, but, but if you want to be a gentleman, you should pay. Well, and he's the one that asked me out, so right? I'm like, you pay for I mean, the meal. It's good. There's nothing wrong with chivalry. It mm-hmm. should not be dead. That's good. I don't know. I don't want to share any more bad stories. That's all right. I, I respect exist. that. Um, I want to bring in a couple uh, Bible passages. We talked about contentment a little bit. And obviously, yep. you guys take Scripture seriously, and, yep. and you believe in all of it and all this stuff. But it, we, even before we started the podcast, we were talking about there's some stuff in Scripture that I kind of wish wasn't there. Kimbo, you have to bring that one up at whenever. But uh, I didn't say I didn't wish it wasn't there. I just said. No, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I mischaracterized I, that. I contradicted a verse you it's, said with this verse. And then it's there and it's hard to understand how to apply this yes. to this situation. You're right. You didn't okay. say you wish it wasn't there. Thank that was you. my paraphrase. It's OK. The message <laughs> uh, version. We forgive you. This, <laughs> this is First Corinthians 7. I'm going to start all the way in verse one. It doesn't have a ton to do with what we're talking about, but then it's going to get to what we're talking about. And as single gals who have wanted to be married and not been married and time has gone by and gone by, you have to have thought about this passage and you have to have something to say about it from your perspective. And Mm -hmm. I want to hear that. We've talked to God a lot about it. 1 Corinthians 7, uh, verse 1. Now concerning the matters about which you wrote. So he's writing the church of Corinth. And they must have written to him and said, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. They said that, not to. And so he's kind of correcting them. He's saying, uh, concerning the thing that you wrote, which was this, here's what I want to say. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights. This is the ESV. (laughs) And likewise, the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Here's the verse I want to key on. Now, as a concession, not a command, I say this. I wish that all were as I myself am. Paul wasn't married. Paul Mm -hmm. was single. I wish that all were single, like me, but... Each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So basically he's saying, if you can't like not lust and not be inflamed with sexual passion, then you need to get married because it's better to do that than burn with passion. And so Paul, in this in this verse, now this is just one little place, and he says, this isn't a command, it's a concession. So he's saying, this is my personal recommendation. Mm-hmm. This isn't a command from God, but this is what I'm saying. I wish you could be single like I am. And so I'm sure that's one of the things that people have probably thrown at you at some point. Like, well, Paul was single, and <laughs> he said it was good, and so you're probably doing okay. What 
What have been your thoughts about that in the past? You've you've thought about it, right? You've mm-hmm. been Well, I think the thing that comes to mind for me is that I think for my personal experience as, you know, in my 20s and 30s with working at a church for that being like the context for a lot of my life. I mean, we don't often a lot of people or maybe as a church live out like those verses are true. I think my personal experience is more that within the Christian community, marriage can be put on a pedestal, like that's the thing to be achieved. So then that is just this other dynamic of singleness, not feeling what I want to say. Like a legitimate thing. Yeah, or that it's more of of a less than thing. Like the, you like Marriage is the on the pedestal. Um, it's almost like it's a phase. Like everybody just expects you to at some point get married. Like there's no other option, which mm-hmm. I mean, there is obviously Paul says there's the option of it, but it's, it's not talked about like living that way is just, I don't know. I don't think our experience has been that singleness as an adult has been celebrated. So it'd be great if we actually did live out more by that scripture that that was celebrated, that that was affirmed. That we were organized around that. Yeah, that. Structured around that. Yeah, that that for single adults that we, that you find lots of ways to affirm and celebrate and include single people instead of, instead of, and when you're a single adult feeling a little bit more isolated or even marginalized in a way because because we just so much function around assuming people will be married by this certain age with kids by this certain age. And mm-hmm. that's just how we function as a church and program as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you don't always know your place as a single person in your twenties and your later twenties and your thirties, you know, when again, if we're just assuming people are married with kids by that point, instead of really celebrating what singleness can be and learning how to like fully do community with people regardless of their stage of life. Yep. It's interesting. I think about a little bit. It's interesting that the same Paul that writes that uh, writes Ephesians five, Galatians five, Ephesians five, 21 through 33, where he's talking about marriage is a, it's an analogy. It's a Mm -hmm. illustration of Christ's relationship with the church. Husband's, uh, Love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. Mm -hmm. And so he's obviously raising up in a huge way the value of marriage as Mm -hmm. it reflects Christ's relationship to the church. But then over here, he's saying, and these obviously don't contradict. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's saying, but if you cannot do that, I'd recommend not doing that. Say more about raising marriage up on a pedestal. That's an interesting, we've talked about that before. Yep. Oh, Kim, you might have to help me out with this to find the right words. I just think it's this unintentional thing that happens. Um, I don't know how to describe it other than I think we can just function in a way with this assumption that that is what your life is going to be. What's well, the or, next thing in life? You yes. go, you go elementary, junior high, high school, college, get married, married have <laughs> kids, have grandkids, retired. Like, yep. it's almost it's like the phases of life, and a lot of times that's how people. Like, I remember being like the single, oh, what's going on in your life? Well, I still do the same job. I don't have a husband. I don't have kids. It was almost like people didn't know what to talk to me about. Yeah. So then 
yeah, you're a woman that's not a wife and a mom. Well, yeah, well then, what else I is don't, there? yeah, what else is there? Like, okay, moving on to the next. What's person. interesting is um, the church, especially, ought to be able to create a value or a, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if society generally does that, yep. the church. I mean, as the body of Christ that understands what Paul's saying in both of those passages, ought to be exceptionally different mm-hmm. from the culture, from the society. It ought to stand out in the way that it values marriage mm-hmm. and singleness. And you're saying that's not your... I mean, when you just think a little bit of how our society functions around somebody gets engaged and you have all these bridal showers and all these gifts and all these ways of celebrating this stage of life. Yeah. But when you're not going through those stages, like where's, where's the your celebration spot? of my life? Um, right. That has, as you know, a 34 year old has not included bridal showers and baby showers. And um, that's just one like silly example of, I think of it. Or I guess I think of, again, personal experience of when somebody's struggling their marriage, feeling like we as a church really want to care for that person. Yeah. And then the times when you're like, I'm really struggling with being single. And again, when that's met with like, well, you just need to be content with where you are. Here's a couple Bible verses. You'll be fine. Yeah. I think it's hard. It just starts creating this feeling of like, again, like, well, why is this person that's struggling in their marriage? Like, we need to be so concerned and helpful. And I mean, I just shared, I'm really struggling. And that was met with like. Yeah. Yeah this dismissive statement. That is really, That's really good stuff. Starts well, and I feel like some even. of that too is if you've not experienced it, you don't know what it's like, what it's like or and, how to respond yes. to it. So like if a lot of them have never gone through that season, I think that's also why they don't know how to like yep. cater to it or change some of that. Or like, how do we, like, they don't know what they don't know, so they don't realize what they're doing is isolating. Yep. That's really good. This opens my mind to other podcasts about <laughs> take it, taking this even further, but I want to come back to another uh, scripture passage, First Thessalonians 5. This is one that you guys are familiar with, and we all are. Um, 5, 16, and 17, and 18. Rejoice always, mm-hmm. pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Mm-hmm. And so I know one thing that you're going to say, because you already said it before, which is let's apply that verse to all circumstances, yep. not just the circumstance of singleness, so that when mm-hmm. I share how I'm struggling with singleness and you pull this verse out and just lay it in front of me, like there's your trump card and you need to... <laughs> you need to yep. Well, apply that to the places where you're discontent, mm-hmm. even if it's not singleness. Yep. What else would you say? I mean, that's a beautiful verse, a beautiful picture to aspire to. And yet, in my sin and journey, man, I don't always do that really well. <laughs> Whether you're single or not. I mean, I don't always yeah. do that well. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Well, I That was one of the verses, um, like when I blew out my knee in college, that one, and then James, like... Uh, Consider it pure joy, joy, my brothers, when you face trials yeah. of many kinds. Because I was like, how do I have pure joy when I just blew out my knee? All my dreams are falling apart. Right. Like, I thought I was going to be this college athlete for the next two and a half years, and mm-hmm. now it's done. And, like, I remember having a teammate be like, Kim, how are you just not punching a hole in the wall? Like, mm-hmm. after my second surgery. Yeah. 
And I was just like, what do you mean? She's like, you're just always happy. Like, mm. if I was you, I would have put three or four holes in the wall. I probably had to have a busted hand by now, you know? And I just, like, remember, I'm like, well, I go. And part of my personality was always looking for the positive and, like, not sulking and, mm-hmm. like, being in those little moments. But I also was, like, trying to find, like, where can I still find joy in life? Yep. And, like, that carries over into singleness or any other unmet expectation of trying to work through that and some days it is it's the roller coaster some days it's super easy and then other days you're like you know what god i just had contentment and joy for like seven months straight like where were you at like right you know because you're also like you think in your head it's going to be a shorter season than it has yeah and if i if i behave well yeah you're going to reward me because i also like i don't want to throw our ages out there but i mean i was 34 when i met brett like i'm i'm 37 now Mm -hmm. like it's not, we're not saying like, oh, I was 25 and I, then I finally met Brett. You right. know, like this it was, was a, while. a long season of, mm-hmm. a long season of being in that, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. months of good, months of bad. And maybe it was a day of bad or maybe it was months of bad. Like yep. there is that roller coaster of years of, and some years like you didn't really think about it. Like, but Yeah. Bring out that verse. So when we were talking about this before the podcast, yeah. and I was just mentioning to you the verses I was going to bring up, and uh, we didn't really rehearse this, but Kimbo said, well, here's a verse that kind of yeah. also ties into uh, some of these thoughts. So it's Psalm 37, and I'm just going to, the verse 4 is, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the de- desires of your heart. So that also then you struggle with because it's like this is a desire this, and god knows it and he knows it like <laughs> and we, you're delighting in the lord i think i'm delighting in the lord and so I'm, why isn't he giving like, me the desires of my heart to me yes and honestly i don't know if i can still like totally make sense of that verse always because there's people that have shared that verse with me of just like well if you want to be like a mom and a wife that bad. Don't you think that's from God? Well, then why are you doubting whether that's going to happen and pulling that verse out? And like, I'm you just need like, to trust well, there more. is the struggle because yes, God, I know God's promised love and care for my life. I think this is like a good desire that I have that according to that verse, it probably should have happened a long time ago, but it hasn't. So therein lies like the faith crisis of God. I don't understand. Yep. And I still don't have a great answer for that, but that's right. That's but, where it gets really hard and messy and confusing from a spiritual place. And I think what I always, one of my friends was like, it's okay to wrestle with this with God. Yep. Like, I always appreciated the freedom that she gave me to, like, question God and mm-hmm. have honest conversation with him in prayer and... Because I think sometimes people think, oh, you're a Christian, so everything's great and everything's perfect and you don't ever struggle with anything and you don't question anything. And Mm -hmm. it's like, no, like I love God and I trust God and he's good and he'll be sovereign over everything. But I don't always, there are so many times in my life I'm like, God, I do not agree with your timeline. Like this should have happened here, then this should have happened there and I'm not in control. But God, seriously, like what are you doing? Yep. I mean... That's just. Yep. Yep. And as believers, we believe God is good mm-hmm. all the time. He's perfectly good. And he knows my beginning from my end, and he's only going to give me 
that which is best for me, his child, through faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we face undesirable circumstances. So yep. like, what's that about? So am I supposed to start to be okay with this and accept it, but it's still a desire in my heart? And how does that play out? Um, so so we're going to add an element to this story now. So yep. Kim, you've been married a year and a half. Yep. And, and so now you're kind of facing an unmet expectation. Yep. Um, you got past the marriage one. Yeah. Woo-hoo. We and, got there. <laughs> and and now there's another big one that's yep. out there that, that you're kind of walking through now. And I'm curious, just share about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And has the way that the Lord kind of walked you through the unmet expectation of marriage helped you with this or is it just as hard? Um, so just to clarify for everybody, <laughs> fill in the uh, blanks a little bit. Yeah, but I will. So the, uh, the new unmet expectation in my life would be kids. Um, if everything would have planned out the way Brett and I thought it would be, we would have either been pregnant or already had a child by now. Um, and so there are those unmet expectations of not having a child. What are our next steps? What how, when, um, all that. Um, and it is quite similar to those expectations of it, of being waiting in the singleness. Um, I just came off of a vacation and, um, I spent some of that vacation one afternoon. I just, I was in tears. Mm -hmm. Um, the realization of, gosh, all these emotions are so what I've already been through and I didn't think I'd go there again. And I didn't want to like, and it is, it's raw, it's vulnerable. It's um, like we, Brett and I just want, we want to have a couple kids and I would almost say Brett wants some more than I do. But I, I mean, children in the future, if you're listening to this, I want you. (laughs) Great caveat. Right. (laughs) Just throwing it out there. Like I want you, but, um, like, that's a huge desire of Brett's, too, and which I just love. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is. It's how do you navigate that now as an expectation, as a desire, and not know, like, is it going to happen when it's going to happen and not really have control mm-hmm. to an extent of that. Um, but, yeah, it's very much. And, Christina, I've had the conversation that someone once said that the desires that a married couple have wanting children are very similar to those of a single person desiring a relationship. And on the other side of the fence, it's like, Oh, I could see that probably like, yeah, very similar. And now I'm there and I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you're done with it. I want to flesh this out a little bit and I'm not going to say anything that I shouldn't say, but I think, so we've talked about the discontentment, the unmet expectation of marriage, Mm -hmm. the unmet expectation of having children. And um, so now we're starting to kind of broaden the funnel, like, mm-hmm. and we're realizing this is going to apply to everybody at some level. Yes. And so I want to wrap in the unmet expectation of kids and how it was nuanced by your health issue. So you had appendicitis. Yeah, I had a ruptured appendix back in October. Which kind of messes up the whole get pregnant it thing. It could. Yeah, I very much did. And then I had... Uh, and, and this is a deal. Sorry, I don't want to speak no, for you because okay. it's your story, but... Um, but there were a couple things that happened in the process of you being diagnosed yeah. of the surgery happening yeah. that like this could have been avoided. Some and, of it, and yes. it could have been not as detrimental to my potentially reproductive health. Yeah. And, 
And so you're walking through this and it's just like, why did this little misdiagnosis turn into this, which could have these implications and we still don't have kids. And, and it's hard because like, um, so I had a ruptured appendix that I went in probably about 24 hours after that, a ruptured to have surgery and I have a high pain tolerance. I have to do say my white count, my white blood count was normal the whole time of wow. it's just confusing all of my hospital stay. So I spent in the one month I spent 16 nights in the hospital, Jeez. white count normal the whole time. I had three abscesses. I had like, um, so I just, I, and I've always joked that if anything medical happens to me, it's always the odd, like the 1%, I, all the weird things have happened to me. So that definitely didn't help the cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and we weren't sure if any of that would have thrown any of the reproduction stuff off. And then in December, I went in for what I thought was muscle spasms while breathing. And because of my history in the last six weeks, they just did a scan right away. And then they found that I had a ruptured ovarian cyst. And to what degree they know that's played into any of this now, um, they're not sure yet. I mean, it's just a matter of how so- much... Money I want to spend to figure out the fine details, which I probably won't. So, so what I'm getting at is yeah. uh, you believe God is totally sovereign. Yep. God is totally good. Yep. How do you hold those, those things together <laughs> when you're laying in a hospital bed for 16 <laughs> days, uh, when you're thinking you would have not just been married and, with kids by now, but, you yep. know. Um, I think so many of the days in the hospital, I spent a lot of time in the hospital and I'm just thinking like a lot of them, I wasn't like horribly in pain. Mm -hmm. It was just, I kept having a fever. They couldn't release me because we had to figure it out or I'd be back in anyway. Um, There was a few days that I was like, I, I remember like the third day, like tapping on the, like the bed tray whatever they put in front of you and i looked at my nurse i'm like i'm out like i'm tapping out and she's like no kim you can do it and i'm like but i also was like i looked at my circumstances and like i think it was probably a lot scarier for everybody else looking at me and like knowing more i feel like sometimes people knew more about what was going on than i did Mm -hmm. and in my head i was like this could be so much worse like i could have cancer i could have like, in my head, everything I had was fixable. Mm-hmm. It was just, yeah, it took longer. Like, so in my head, I was like, oh, it could be worse. Like, that's just always been my mentality is I always tried to look for the silver lining or, like, just stay positive because, I mean, there was a few days I was like, this is horrible. And, mm-hmm. like, that doesn't help you get better. So I always tried not to go there, but I did, like... I also saw, like, through that, like, there was probably, like, four times I remember specifically, like, sending out mass texts to, like, my people and be like, hey, I need prayer. Like, Mm -hmm. I have a fever and I need it to go down or, like, they're going to freak out and do more tests. And I remember I sent that text out and, like, within an hour my fever was gone. Mm. And they were like, your fever's gone. Like, (laughs) I know, I pray. Like, I have my people pray. Like... I, you know, which then also opened the door to have some awesome conversations with some of my hospital staff. But I just remember, like, I think in that process, like I was so in the moment of prayer and like, I need prayer and this is what I need prayer about. And like, I saw God answer ways in that way that I didn't then, it led me not to question like his power and his sovereignty in my life. Like, I just like, Mm -hmm. 
He shows up every time. Like, it just, it's not always how I want him to show up. And I know that firsthand, too. Like, he doesn't always answer how I want things or immediately. But mm-hmm. it was awesome to have a few times where he did answer immediately. So, I don't know. I don't know if that helps or answers your question you asked. Yeah. Well, it's just dealing with another level of unmet expectation yeah. and complications that, I mean, it never is a, I, I, I want to, actually, I'm not going to say that because it's an idea that's proprietary. I want to hang on to it. I want to, I want to give people something that shows them in a tangible way that while the path that we're on is very circuitous, circuitous and crooked and backwards and up and down, when you, when you look at it from God's perspective, it's just a straight line. Mm. And uh, I think we all need to be encouraged with that. Let me jump in quick and uh, promote the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. If you want to be encouraged with God's Word, uh, we've got a conference every summer. This year it's July 25th through August 1st. It's our 99th annual Bible conference, one of the longest-lasting Bible conferences in the country. Jay Warner Wallace, a uh, former L.A. homicide detective, will be there talking about apologetics and how we can trust God's word, trust that Christ was real, that he died and rose again. Joe Rigney from Bethlehem College and Seminary. We're bringing Recap Gray back again. He was one of our favorites from last year. Mark Schultz is going to do a concert. Christy Knuckles is going to lead worship and do a couple concerts. We're even going to have Steve Kramer, who is the radio preacher for Christian Crusaders, the ministry that the CC Podcast comes under. Steve's going to be there for a couple morning sessions. So we've got kids' ministries, student ministries. It's all free, and it's July 25th through August 1st. Uh, Come check it out and be fed. You listen to these young ladies talk about really how truth, uh, God's Word, sustains you in the midst of these things, and uh, what better way to get kind of uh, built up with God's Word than the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. So check that out. Um, Christina, we, we touched on this a little bit, but what, what's it been like for you as Kim has crossed out of the sisterhood of singleness? Um, well, many people have in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's not just Kim. But Kim's a special, like, yeah. especially close person. Obviously, yeah. you're excited for her. We were at the wedding, and that was yeah. great. Yep. Oh, I wasn't ever concerned that that would affect our relationship in a real significant way. We both kind of experienced that with friends of as their life changes, um, marriage and kids that, you know, friendships can change, um, sometimes for the better, sometimes not. So I think, you know, going into that, I just think we knew we weren't ever going to let that affect the closeness of our relationship. Um, so that was never a concern of mine. I mean, that was just one of the best weddings. It was so much fun to celebrate you and Brett and, I mean, yeah, I just, we continue our close relationship being really honest about life. Um, like I said, I ask about their relationship. I want to hear just the good and the fun because that does help encourage me um, that like it's worth, you know, waiting for like a really good partner. And so it's, yeah, so I, I want to hear about her marriage and the fun they have. And I want to continue to celebrate with her and um, yeah, still close. I want both of you to imagine uh, you're talking to somebody who's in your shoes, but who's mm-hmm. like would never talk about this, and so they're they're like glued to this podcast <laughs> because like not many people talk about these things candidly like you have. Mm-hmm. Um, what encouragement or what challenge uh, would you give 
that person. I, one of the thoughts I've had is we need to have a, a, a single guys podcast because I think it would be a little bit different, but it would mm-hmm. be, It'd I, be think, different, I think it would be encouraging good. for some guys. So if there's anyone who wants to do that, give me a call. Um, I'll vet you and see if, if, if you can do that. Uh, um, what would you say to any of these young women that are kind of, you share this common thing with? Mm-hmm. And Kim, you can retroactively Thank you. give your perspective. Or, or even what you're walking through right now. I guess the picture that comes to mind is somebody that is just holding that hurt inside or that pain or that longing and not expressing it and just it's getting them down. It's becoming big and hard. And I just would encourage that person to talk really honestly to God about it. You can really say anything to him. He oh, loves I you. Have. He cares for you. So I just would encourage to... If that's not something you're doing, start talking really honestly to God about all of it, about the fears, the desires, the the dreams and the hopes for the future and what's really hard. And then, I mean, if you don't have that friend or that family member or that counselor or somebody in real life to do that, I mean, pray and seek that too. I mean, I just can't imagine not having people in my life to talk this through with. Not that that always, you know, it doesn't change it. Um, they can't fix it. They can't fix it, but they can like really care for you when that is really hard. Um, I mean, there's times that I've found it hard to pray about these things in my life because I can have the attitude of like, I've prayed about this a million times. What is the point of one more? But I'm so thankful for other people in my life that have just been like, I'm going to pray. I have hope that this really good thing will be a part of your future. So in the times when I don't have that hope, you got a team of people being like, I've got this for you and I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep encouraging you and caring for you. I mean, we need that from people in our lives. We need to be we need to be known and loved, single, married, whatever it is. And so if you're single and you're feeling like that's really lacking in your life, I mean, I just believe God's got people out there to put in your life. Jen and I are on your prayer team. Yes, you are. I could, I've got a lot of other people. God's, I know God's hearing it. So I just think we need to talk honestly to God. I mean, there's times when his sovereignty really encourages me and there's times when that's what I really struggle with understanding for my life. But to talk really honestly with God about your feelings and your fears and your dreams for the future. And then you need people in real life just cheering you on, supporting you, checking in with you, setting you up on dates, you know, whatever (laughs) it is. One of my concerns about this podcast is we're going to get Christina hooked up because of this thing. It's not a concern. Well, here's my concern is there's, we only need one. We don't need a bunch of creep, a bunch of creepers coming out of the woodwork. Like, Oh, No no creepers. And if you've got a grandson or if you've got a nephew or if you've got a younger brother or an older brother who you think would be perfect, like, let's just run him by Matt. Yeah. Run them by me. Through for me. And uh, they're and probably going to, they're kind of probably get file 13, <laughs> but there might be one that makes the, the crack. Kimbo. Um, I, Tina nailed it. Uh, talk to God about it. And then I think when I look back at the hardest days, like, whether it was prayer or not prayer, like mm-hmm. with God, like it's all, it always is better to have somebody along your side. So you're, we're not created to do life alone. We're created to do life in community. So whatever your community looks like, like lean in and be vulnerable. That's what's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary to put yourself out there because, especially after we've had like really bad, dumb things said to us. Sometimes you're like more apt to like not yeah. say something. 
But still but do it. You still need to do it because I think the blessing that God has given us because we would be that vulnerable with each other, I think mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I think vulnerability, you're, you're being vulnerable right now. Yeah. And who knows who's going to hear this? I mean, right. I mean, theoretically, anyone in the world could. Um, and, and so one of the things I think is, I think that whatever the things are that are uh, issues that we struggle with, I think mm-hmm. Satan knows that. Yep. And I think oh, he yes. uses those to discourage us, yes. uh, to, to get us distracted from the Lord. And I think one of the greatest antidotes to that is to just lay it all out there. Yep. And, and when you put the light of day on it, I mean, when you come on a podcast and share like you have, or when you share between each other, what really deep, even stuff you wouldn't say on a podcast, yep. really deep down is going on. Um, I think that is a huge weapon to defeat the enemy. And that's great. Um, something you said a few, a few minutes ago, Christina, you said, you know, having a team of people praying for you behind you and whoever you talk to about it. I remember how you said it, but you said friends, family members, counselor, whatever. There, there's some stigma with maybe even talking to a professional about something like this or something like you're walking through Kim or something that any one of us deals with in the area of discontentment or unmet expectations. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody who's like, you know, I, maybe I should talk to somebody professional about this, but that just seems a little out there to me. <laughs> any words of advice? I would encourage you to give it a shot if that's something you're thinking about. I've seen a counselor on and off for a couple years now. Um, a counselor that like is a spiritual Christian person and it's been incredibly beneficial. It's been incredibly encouraging. Um, it's helped me process some things. It's helped correct some lies I've believed. Um, it can be hard to find a counselor that's a right fit. I just would encourage someone to be bold and to do it. I think that is just can be so beneficial and helpful and needed um, for a lot of different things in life. Um, You can go to counseling for one session and it's beneficial, or maybe you need to see someone on a regular basis. I was just in a season where there was just several things kind of overlapping that were really hard and they were really discouraging. And I just had found myself in maybe a lower place than I'd been before. And thankfully, because I have friends who are counselors, I just know that's like a great tool. Um, and so that was a step I took, and it's been really beneficial. And so I just would say give it a shot. If that's in your head, maybe that's God saying something to you, and you should follow through on that. Cool. One of my prayers is that God would raise up more Christian counselors who mm-hmm. counsel from a biblical perspective. I think there's a shortage of that. And so I think in the church or in the church, it, in the body of Christ, uh, there is some hesitation to just go to any counselor who maybe not coming from a biblical perspective. Christian mm-hmm. perspective, but we need more of those folks. Yep. And that, that's a good word. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. Any last words from you, Kimbo, Christina, any last 10%, anything else you want to say? Last 10%. <laughs> <laughs> I just think this encouragement of to be bold and vulnerable to that person that again is just really struggling and not telling anybody about it. It's a hard step, but I mean, just, I want to encourage you to go for it. Talk to God, find that person. I mean, just don't bury it. Don't bury it. That's, I mean, that's just some of the worst feelings when you're just hurting and struggling um, and keeping it to yourself. It's just not good. 
And that doesn't apply just to singleness. That applies to whatever it is that's the burden of your heart. To anything or that thing that maybe you've shared once and, yes, it's gotten dismissed and shot down. Um, people do that. None of us are perfect. We have all, like, not responded appropriately. So give people another chance and open up about that hard thing and let God start working through it. Good. Um, and I would just say maybe even, like, on the flip side, like, if you know somebody that has struggled with something in the past that you might think they're not struggling with anymore, ask them how they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes what's powerful too is that follow-up of, hey, I know you were really struggling. Like, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. And, like, don't say it in this passive, oh, hey, how are you? But, like, do it in a way that they... Sit down with them. Yeah, sit down. Like, let them know that you have the time to care. And not just this dismissive, oh, how are you? Okay, I got to go to my next thing. Mm-hmm. But, hey, like, how are you? You've been on my mind. I've been mm-hmm. thinking about you. Like, you said this before. Like, are you like, are you still struggling? How can I yep. pray for you? How can I support you? Um, I just know sometimes, like, even if they're not struggling in that moment, I know when people did that for me, like, it also broadened my circle of, like, hey, they care. They I trust them. Like I can trust them and I can go to them and I know that they will do it. So I just think even like encouraging the other side of this, like, I just think you need both halves. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say a prayer for you guys and uh, anyone else who's listening and then we're done. Cool. Awesome. Heavenly father. uh, Thanks so much for this conversation. Thank you for uh, the vulnerability, the, the, candor, the honesty that Christina and Kimbo have had here today. And uh, Lord, I pray for you to meet them in each of their uh, areas of discontent, in in each of their areas of unmet expectations. I'm bold enough to pray that you would bring the right guy to Christina and sooner than later so we could all celebrate uh, a godly marriage that's founded on Christ and uh, that we could see her get to live out the thing that she's been dreaming and hoping for for so long. And I pray for Kim and Brett as well, that uh, it's cool how you brought them together and uh, you've given them a desire to have kids. And so we just pray that you would work in that circumstance to allow that to happen. Lord, uh, there's other people out here who we don't even know who are listening to this and they're walking through their own uh, struggle. And we just pray that you are omnipotent omnipotent. You can do anything. You're omniscient. You know everything. So you know what those struggles are. And you know exactly what needs to be done to meet them in their time of need and encourage them and draw them closer to you to point them to Christ if they don't know Christ and to encourage them with your word if that's what they need. Encourage them with another brother or sister or some community that would uh, build them up in this time. And we just pray just your uh, general uh, and and specific grace over these people, that you would uh, bless them, encourage them, help them to know what to do next, who to talk to, what to say, where to go, how to think, and uh, that you would minister to them in a way when it's un- so that it's unmistakable that it's you. And uh, we just pray that this whole conversation would be for your glory, and we are thankful to be part of it, and we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the CC Podcast. CC Podcast is part of Christian Crusaders radio and internet ministry, which has been proclaiming God's truth over the airwaves since 1936, one of the longest lasting radio ministries in the country. You can hear our weekly broadcast 
on many radio stations across America or at our website each week, christiancrusaders.org.